What's up, guys? Welcome back to another week of Health Unscripted Fad Diet version. Fad Diet's Exposed. We're doing a little bit of a series here. I've already kind of gone over semaglutide. Not that that's like looped into a fad diet, but you know, it could be because people are using it for a short time and then coming off of it, even though it's a lifelong medicine. So that could be ripped in there. We did Octavia two weeks ago. Today, I'm going to dive into keto. Yay! I've already done a podcast episode on intermittent fasting, so I don't think I'm going to go and do another one. You guys can check that out. It was like way in the beginning of Health Unscripted in like 2021. Not much has actually changed in the realm of intermittent fasting. I still don't recommend it for women of childbearing age. If you're watching the video, sorry. I'm like literally pushing back in my nose ring because <laughs> I can see it like popping out a little bit. Nose ring girlies, you know what I'm talking about. So this episode we're going to dive into, uh, we're going to dive into keto because it's still a very big popular thing. We still have a lot of influencers and people who are really pushing this keto lifestyle. And the reason I call it a fad diet is because it's not sustainable. All right. If I, you know, just like how I did with Octavia, if I came up to you on the street and was like, yo, want to try this super cool new diet where you literally get rid of all the carbs that you're eating forever? Yeah, that sounds fucking awesome. Let's sign up for that. And then also you're going to have to pee on these like little strips all the time to make sure that your body's actually in the diet phase that you're supposed to be in. The strips are about 50 bucks. Is that cool? Or one last thing about the diet too, is that your breath may smell. And like the first couple of weeks that you're on it, you may go through this thing called like keto flu where you feel like absolute garbage. But then after that, the results are solid. Are you super in <laughs> again? You'd be like, that sounds terrible, but yet people try keto all the time. All right. So today we're going to go through like why keto is so popular, what keto is and why it's become such a huge thing that people try. And I'm going to emphasize this really as gracefully as I can, why people try it over and over and over again, which means it's not successful. If you have to continuously do the same thing over and over again, it means it's not sustainable. It means that you lost the 30 pounds or however much you were trying to lose. You went back to your normal way of eating and then you gained that 30 pounds back or more. And then you had to do the diet again to lose the weight again. It's cyclical. And, you know, it's not like you're promoting to a company like Octavia. You're not buying products from a company or a corporate thing. You're just switching the way you eat. And now there's a lot of like labeling out there, like keto friendly foods, blah, 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 um, which people buy because they think they're healthier and they're not. And this is the, this is the kick, like the, the best part about keto that I secretly giggle about is that like, you know, if you track macros or, you know, anything about like macros, or I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of a lesson here. So macros stand for protein, carbs, and fats. Those are the three macros that make up the calorie amounts. So they are essentially the building blocks of calories. You can use macros if you're in a ketogenic diet because you can use it to make sure you're in a ketogenic diet and eating enough fat. So the problem is, is if, if you understand how this works, like protein is four calories per gram, carbs is four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. It is double plus one of carbs and, and protein. So you can very easily put yourself into a calorie surplus doing a ketogenic diet, which does not mean you're going to lose weight. You can actually gain weight in a ketogenic diet. So it can go backwards. It can go crazy. And actually I have no experience on Octavia. I do have experience doing keto because I tried it for a month back in the day just to have an opinion on it. And I got to say it was 
awful for me, probably because I was so active, but we're going to dive into that. So let's start off the episode with talking about what is a ketogenic diet. So if you're unfamiliar, which I'm very shocked if anyone is unfamiliar at this point with keto, it is a high fat, moderate protein, low carb diet. There are different ways to be keto too. Like there's different percentages that you can split it up on. The most popular is definitely going to be like the standard, which is, you know, 70% fat, about 20% protein and 10% carbs of your calorie amount. So that's what you would mostly do is stick to mostly fats, moderate protein, lower carb. You can also do a high protein ketogenic diet. So some people do this for working out. Um, this would be more 35% protein, 60% fat, and even less carbs, like 5% carbs, like very, very little carbs. There's also what's known as a cyclical ketogenic diet. So this is like where you would do strict keto, like five or four days a week. And then you'd have two high carb days on the other days, you know, to kind of like get in and out of ketosis. It doesn't sound like fun for me. Like why not just eat more balanced? Like why be so strict and then not so strict? Or you could do like a targeted ketogenic diet, which is just like the normal keto I already put, but you can have more carbs around your workouts. So again, this would be if you're more active. I didn't do this when I tried keto, but this is the diet where you hear everyone being like, put butter in your coffee, eat bacon and steak and eggs and avocado. And like, that's all you eat. It's the Atkins on steroids. Okay. Everyone's familiar with like Atkins and obviously that didn't do well for blood markers. So why are we going to think that this is going to do well? And now there's sufficient data out showing this. We'll get into that in a little bit, but so far we've gone over the types of keto, what ketogenic diet is, Um, I'll go over my experience too in a little bit, but the reason I call this a fad diet and why people love it is because you will see results quickly right off the bat. And that is because when you get rid of carbohydrates, you get rid of the water that follows carbohydrate. Like if you've ever split carbohydrate into two words, carb and hydrate, like water follows carbs, exactly 3.4 grams of water follows each gram of carbs. So when you ingest carbs, everyone thinks that they're gaining fat or that they're gaining you know, weight because they see the scale go up, especially the next day after a high carb meal. And that's not the case. What it is is water retention. Most of the time it's always water retention. Water follows carbs. It will normalize. You will achieve a homeostatic osmotic balance. You will, but if you keep cycling, you won't. So anyway, that's neither here nor there. But the reason you see results quickly is because you're getting rid of all of that excess stored body water that you have. So that's what you tend to lose. That's why you tend to see like lost five pounds in a week, lost 10 pounds in two weeks kind of of thing. And people are so excited about it. But, and then that's also the opposite reason of why people hate going back on a normal diet or why they think carbs are terrible for them because they start eating them again. And then you put back on that body water quickly too. So people are like, oh my God, I started eating carbs and I ballooned up. Like, no, you didn't. It's just the water coming back into your system you didn't do anything. Your body's working exactly how it's supposed to. There's nothing wrong with you. Carbs don't hate you. I promise. I promise. So the ketogenic diet has a lot of drawbacks and pros and cons. And, you know, so it was originally developed to help epileptic patients. It's great in neurology and it's great for epilepsy. Then it started to become popular for pre-diabetics, diabetics, and those with insulin resistance to help increase insulin sensitivity. Because when you decrease the carb amount, the body can then resensitize itself to glucose, to carbohydrates, and insulin will work better. Plus you're losing weight, which ultimately is what helps insulin resistance and diabetes and those type of blood markers. So it's really the weight loss. So with that said, any diet where you lose weight 
will help these factors, not just a high fat diet. Okay. The weight loss is ultimately what is amazing for these results. So those are the two populations that I would say keto would be like approved for. Everyone else is just kind of doing it as a fad diet to try and lose some weight before an event or lose some weight just in general. But the problem is it's not sustainable. So as soon as I get someone on the phone with me, who's like, well, I tried keto or I wanted to do keto, but I wasn't sure. My number one question I will ask them is, can you give up carbs for the rest of your life? And they will say no. And I will say, then let's not do it because what's the point of giving up carbs for a handful of weeks or a couple of months and then dealing with the fallback that's going to happen when we actually reintroduce them again, or the binging cycle that you're going to do once you're finally allowed to have pasta again. Can you imagine? Like you're going to go head first into a bowl and we won't see you until the next day. Like that's not good. It takes, it develops disordered eating and making you think carbs are bad for you. And they're really not. So the way that keto works in the body is that glucose, we all know glucose is the first line fuel source in the body. So when there is not glucose present, the body will then shift to breaking down muscle fibers for protein to turn that protein into glucose. Um, it will also use the stored glucose in our liver and break that down. And then once it doesn't have that anymore, it will start breaking fat down into ketones and using ketones as energy when we have no glucose present. So that is where the ketogenic diet comes from is because we're literally living off of ketones. So this is where you see like those ketone test strips to make sure you're in ketosis where you pee on them or the blood strips. You don't really have to do that anymore. Um, there are some other signs and symptoms that you can tell if you're in ketosis. Um, like, you know, they're not, they're not great signs and symptoms. Um, I'll get into that in a minute, but that is essentially how it works in the body. So you're living off of ketones. Now insulin in the body will then start to work a little better short-term insulin also prevents high levels of ketones in the body from building up. Ketoacidosis is a very bad side effect of the ketogenic diet if it gets out of control. And that's where you start yearning, uh, yearning, <laughs> urinating out ketones where you'll find ketones in your in your urine and proteins. And it just gets to be not a great situation. We don't, we don't want that to happen. So insulin usually stops this from happening. So this is why it's not recommended in type one diabetics sometimes is because they literally cannot produce insulin to counteract this habit. So type two by a diabetic, sure. But in the, in type one diabetic children, no. Um, so what do we generally eat on the ketogenic diet? fat. Okay. Fat like avocados, coconuts, fatty pieces of meat, butter, bacon, uh, cheese, like, you know, those kind of foods that you already know are like flogging your arteries at the moment you did it. So when I did keto, I did it for four weeks and I did a dairy free keto because I am lactose intolerant. So I did coconut oil, olive oil, fattier meats, like chicken thighs and beef and salmon. And I did veggies, um, I did 50 grams of carbs. So I know the real ketogenic diet was like 20 grams of carbs at the time, or I did hundred grams of carbs. Yeah. The real one was like 20 to 50 grams. And I was like, I'm working out. I need a little more. And I lost, I was like lean and cut the first two weeks. I lost like three or four pounds and I was like, awesome. And then the second two weeks, oh my God, I started to get achy. My joints were achy. I actually started to gain weight my gum started bleeding because I was starting to get like scurvy because <laughs> what happens when you're doing, when you are doing keto is you're, I told you before, you're drawing all the water out of your body. So you're going to be urinating a lot more because your body's not holding on to water as much. So you're going to be peeing a lot. 
easily dehydrated. You're also going to need to supplement with vitamins that you wouldn't normally get from vegetables or from other things. So you have to supplement with vitamin C. You're also probably going to have to take a fiber supplement because you're going to be constipated. All that fat and that protein, definitely going to be constipated at least for a little while. Um, you could go through the keto flu, which is where your body literally transitions from glucose to ketones. And it could include like headaches, dry mouth, like I said, because you're dehydrated hypoglycemic issues. Um, so low blood sugar, feeling dizzy, crashing, fatigue, nausea. These are what's called the keto flu. It's known to be self-limiting, meaning it goes away after a little while, but terrible. It's nasty. You can also have issues with your kidneys and build up more uric acid in the blood, which is responsible for the illness or the disease gout. Um, you know, the painful big toe, inflamed toe, which usually comes from too much purines and protein and alcohol and things like that. So you have to be really careful with keto. Um, it's really hard to have your body in a constant state of ketosis as well. So you do need carbs. Like I say this on other episodes where carbs are not the enemy because you need fiber. All Americans, all people need 25 to 30 grams of fiber a day for adequate bowel movements, blood sugar regulation to ward off colon cancer, right? Like eating a lot of animal proteins and not pooping and being constipated is a recipe for colon cancer. We don't want that. We want to expel what's in our body. We also need to have healthy bowel movements to get rid of estrogen in women and excess estrogen and excess hormones and excess toxins. Like if we're not doing that, we're going to have other problems down the line. So some ways to tell if you're in ketosis without actually peeing on strips, because I know I mentioned this before, is increased urination, increased urination, like we've also talked about. Um, you're definitely going to have increased bathroom visits. You're going to need to drink a lot more water. Dry mouth because of the dehydration. You're going to have increased thirst. You got to replenish your electrolytes. You're going to be peeing them out so often. You're going to have to do electrolyte supplementation like salt, potassium, magnesium, et cetera. So add that to the list as well. Drink element packets. I love those. Bad breath. Guys, if you didn't know, ketone can be excreted throughout the breath and it gives your breath like this fruity, like overripe type of smell. Like it's been described as like nail polish remover too, but it's just like a very abrupt smell. Um, it can be temporary and go away, but like, I don't, I'd be so self-conscious with that breath. No, thank you. Uh, you'll also have reduced hunger because it can mess with the hunger hormones, which is good. This is kind of why it works sometimes is because it decreases the hunger hormone and helps you feel full. I mean, fat is very satiating. Fat fills you up for a while because it takes a long time to be digested. So that can be a reason why some people are able to stay in a calorie deficit and see success on keto because they're not eating as much because they're eating such calorie dense meals, but it's very easy to go into a surplus. So that is kind of the background on keto and some new data has come up. Um, I've actually got it pulled up. So we're going to, we're going to, I'm going to reference that for a second. So I don't say anything wrong, but in recent years, which is no shocker to me at all, they have actually found that keto is detrimental for cholesterol and cardiovascular disease. I mean, are we shocked? No. They've also found that the pros that we were seeing in diabetics in scores of like A1C and um, insulin and glucose levels and just helping insulin sensitivity are short-term, long-term 
they're tra- they're transient. They don't stay. So what they actually found in a certain study was that they challenged people with keto diets and then they gave them 50% of their diet from carbs. So they, you know, they went on keto diets for a little bit to increase that insulin sensitivity. And then they gave them carbs to see how well they actually process them and how it reacted to their blood sugar. And they did worse than the people who did not do keto. So they compared them to a group who did not do keto and followed the same type of diet. It did not help them long-term. It helps transiently and short-term And then you go back to having either worse results or the same results. So for diabetics and for insulin sensitivity, it's not worth it, especially if there's increased risk of cardiovascular events and dyslipidemia, which means high LDL, high triglycerides, um, just high cholesterol overall. There's also malnutrition because you're not getting the right vitamins and minerals that you're missing from carbs and from plant sources and fruit sources. Like, okay. So even if you were doing carnivore guys on carnivore, they tell you like, listen, if you need fiber, if you want this, you can have some fruit, like even paleo, you can have fruit in keto. You can't have fruit because fruit is actually way higher in carbohydrates than vegetables. So you're not getting any fiber. Um, you're gonna have to supplement with this usually. Uh, and I don't think people do very well without carbohydrates. I mean, you're going to be low in some B vitamins, some A vitamins, magnesium for sure, potassium for sure. So you're going to have to take some, some vitamins in this, uh, in this realm. But I found it super interesting that it does not help in blood sugar regulation anymore. Cause that was like the one saving point was like, okay, diabetics, keto definitely recommend this, but not anymore. It's kind of nuts. Um, But again, this is why we're reporting this. This is why we're doing what we're doing. So you can try it short-term to get the weight down, but then you really have to slowly bring back in carbohydrates because there's going to be a, not, not only many more hypoglycemic issues because we're not having that balanced blood sugar. And if you are a diabetic, you know that you have candy or juice or glucose tablets on stack on hand in case you go hypoglycemic, which can happen more often in the ketogenic diet. So again, just, just no. Um, and then as far as with the A1C regulation and getting your A1C down, they found that this eventually does not matter with keto. So any diet that induces weight loss gives the same, the same, um, effects. So you don't have to eliminate carbs. So pretty cool here. Um, this is why I call keto a fad diet though, is because I don't think it's sustainable for most people. Yes. There are people who see success on it. Of course, someone's going to see success on every single diet and swear it is the game changer, holy grail. But for the majority of people who just want to live a balanced life, who just want to have like fun dinners and friend events and be able to eat some pasta or some pizza and have a glass of wine and still hit their goals and still be successful keto is not the answer. And yet that is what this population gravitates towards because it's so popular in the media. And, you know, Joe Schmo and Sally had results on it, even though they didn't keep them, it worked for a little bit. So let's try this transient thing just to, just to get started. And then we'll switch to something that's more sustainable. And I'll be honest with you, that always backfires, always backfires. So if you're sitting here, um, and you're listening and you're like, well, then what do I do? Cause I have summer coming up. I have a summer vacation coming up. I've got something for you guys. So we have our six week fat loss and accountability challenge that we lost, that we lost, that we launched twice a year. It's called fit and six spring and uh, fall. So we are launching it on May 1st. It's starting May 1st. So you have 
by the time this launches, you'll have nine days to register. Actually, you'll have a week to register because we close registration next week. Let me not misspeak so we can get everything out for you guys to start May 1st. So why I love this and why I created this, because I'm not really a fan of challenges because I think they're all PDF-y and like cookie cutter and I don't love them. That is why I created this one because you're getting custom macros from a team BDN coach. You're getting at home workouts or gym workouts. You're getting accountability, which is what most people need anyway, but there is no meal plan. Like I'm going to tell you right now, if you guys ask me for a meal plan for fit and six, you're not getting one. There is no meal plan. You will get macros. You will also get the, you know, stuff to learn how to do macros, but you are not getting a meal plan because I want you to learn how to eat flexibly. That's not even a word. I'm over here creating words. <laughs> what can I, can I term that a word? Cause I really want to use it flexibly. I want you to be able to eat with flexibility so that you can still enjoy your favorite foods, still go out and enjoy your summer, still enjoy your life, but also meet your goals. And when you can do this, when you can include your favorites in your days and it's not so strict, you will stick to the diet more because you can actually feel like a human being and it's attainable for you. When something is too strict, you will go off the rails and binge and you'll be like, that's where we start Monday. That's where we get off of this because we're used to doing things that are so extreme. That's not the case here. It's not the case. You know, in keto, if you were to even drink alcohol, it throws you out of ketosis. So, you know, I know everyone likes a drink or two. I know it's not good for you. I'm going to sit here and say it's not great for you, but I'm also not going to sit here and say that I don't drink. Like I have at least one or two tequilas a week and I enjoy those. And, <clears throat> you know, you can include those in your day-to-day -day with macros I will teach you how. So this is why I created this challenge is so that you can actually do something sustainably and get the hang of it and try and meet your goals for summer in the best way possible that you can continue doing throughout the summer without us because you've already got a grasp on what you need to do. And then you may not have to go backwards after that. Hopefully there is no weight gain because it's not restrictive. Um, you'll learn a lot about yourself and about food just in these six weeks. So when you're listening to this, it is already going to be launched. Registration is already going to be open. I'm going to include the link in the show notes. It is $99 for six weeks to get private community access, three live educational like calls each week in the Facebook group. We'll have at home or gym workouts, like I said, access to our custom training app. You're going to get custom macros from your coach. You're going to get guidelines on how to adjust your macros yourself and learn about biofeedback, which not really a lot of people know how to do. We're going to be giving those to you guys as part of the program recipes, shopping lists, our macro guide, like so much is included in this program for less than hundred dollars. So if you are interested, click that link, sign up. If you have any questions, let me know if you do not have PayPal, because this has become a thing too. And that's the only way to pay on the website, message me on Instagram at Dr. Dwyer, D-R.D-W-I-E-R. And we also do Venmo and Zelle. So I can help you out there, but this is keto. I don't really recommend it for most people because it's not sustainable and we are all about sustainability. I also am looking out for your arteries and your heart long-term, which is the goal. Also, if you're very active in an athlete, I don't love um, keto because we do better on glucose for performance. We need that sugar. And so taking it away is just going to make us feel like absolute trash hole. We're going to say trash hole. <laughs> this podcast has been a bunch of made up words and I love it. What did I say? Flexibly. I'm going to look that up after this episode. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed this one next week. Oh, coming up. I'm super excited. Actually, we're going to have coach features. I don't know why I haven't done this yet, but I want you guys to meet our coaches and get to hear their experiences and who they are. So we're going to have an episode with coach Casey, coach Emily, coach Lana, 
and probably my right-hand lady, Ashley. If you're listening to this, get ready. Yes, her name is Ashley too. We are run by Ashley's team A. <laughs> so I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Have an amazing weekend. Ciao.